1: Just like that,
2: the second hour is here. Hunting with throw with you for hot mic on the Outkick Network. Fast-paced hour continues with the show. Joe Kinsey, the commissioner of the Thursday Night Mowing League, he will join us for a preview of opening day, which is tomorrow. The Thursday Night Mowing League. If you're new to it, you'll love it. Especially if you enjoy getting out. If, you, if you're an old well.
0: member, we welcome you back. No doubt. And if you're a new member, we're going to welcome you in. We're members. We have the T-shirts to prove it. We do. Maybe I'll even wear it tomorrow on on opening day. Who, the who knows? Just for just for Joe and opening day of all the mowers out there, maybe I'll wear the T-shirt tomorrow. So I guess everything leading up to
2: tomorrow has been the preseason, has been spring training because.
0: Well, see, we in you the were south, mowing in February, right? We're in the mid south. <laughs> yeah, we we start our mowing league a little earlier. So I've been mowing right around the start of the Four NCAA weeks. tournament. Yeah. You know, right, right around there is usually when I start. So you get,
2: there's like It gets sprout weeds, and it just looks bad. I, I'm,
0: about to, I'm about to embark probably this weekend or shortly after the weekend. I'm trying to hold out for next Thursday. I'm in a weird spot in between because the official start date of the Thursday Night Mowing League is tomorrow. I don't need to mow. So I'm hoping to hold out another eight days Stop. to go next week. But that'll be my fourth mow. So whenever I mow again, this is Nashville, Tennessee. That'll be my fourth mow. But there are people, I was looking at, uh, Joe mentioned us and said, you know, give us your best forecast stories for tomorrow's opening night and the amount of people who have snow in the forecast <laughs> that are in the mowing league starting tomorrow, crazy. Why,
2: why Thursday? Joe will set up everything, the premise behind it, and it makes total sense when you hear it. That's coming up in about 20 minutes. J- Jalen Carter, um, they, many you are saying he's polarizing for the draft class. And we know the the backstory now with the racing that took place, the wreck, the tragic accident that took the lives of a former staff member and uh, a, a former teammate of his, and he is seen on camera racing against them in Athens, Georgia, and at the time he told police he was a mile away initially, then he said, "Yeah, in fact, I was there um, and then news came out as he got to the combine that. In fact, he was racing and was involved in the, in, in the crash in, in some degree. And he had to leave the combine. Um, he was booked and then released, went back to Came Indianapolis. Um, he admits, he's like, well, it, it could affect my draft stock. But they also aren't taking any other visits outside of the top 10. And while it may affect the draft stock, he says that teams haven't really brought it up all that much. Um, he said, I, I feel like it's going to matter a little bit because, you know, NFL teams look deep in your life, but it could have been something I did back in elementary school. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure they'd know. So, you know, coming out at the time it did come out, I'm pretty sure it's going to affect a little bit but mentioning his draft stock with Chad, he's way too talented. And there are way too many examples of players on the opposite end of what people are trying to say about him, where you have this troubled quote unquote prospect that goes to the NFL and just dominates. And this guy is just a grizzly bear. I don't know how you pass up on him if he falls past, like, pick five to Seattle or Detroit or just name a team through that list.
0: To me, a drop would be not in the top 10. That'd be something that would be, you know, concerning of a draft day drop for well, Jalen prior Carter. Prior to the
2: trade, he's the number one overall pick to Chicago. Yeah,
0: I, I but I, I never thought he was going to be number one overall, because um, I thought They're all Chicago was going to trade, and Dude a Carolina be number one. But I'd be shocked if he's not top ten. I mean, I, I get the serious implications here, and you know, lives were lost, all of that stuff, but I, I still don't see anything here that's going to be some mammoth precipitous drop from the possible top five pick that he is to a second rounder or right. even late first rounder. I'll be surprised if he's still not a top 10 pick because of his talent, because of his skill set that is a bit unique. I mean, he's got the chance to be one of those different difference makers in the interior of a line like an Aaron Donald, like a Jeffrey Simmons who just got paid big time here in Nashville. That's Jalen Carter's ceiling, and I think he's going to get to that ceiling as a player. Well,
2: but here's the other thing, the conditioning issues. You know, the,
1: that, the That's the one the I'd have more questions about.
2: Where the reports were that he had gained weight since the combine couldn't finish drills couldn't finish certain drills and overall just didn't have a very good performance in the drills which was the only time he was doing that he went to the combine and met with teams and you know went through the medicals but in this case it was the pro day where everything was going to be on display and I don't that's that's troubling as well like you have to answer those questions too but he's an interior defensive lineman who dominated in the SEC and I just don't see how teams are passing up on the the opportunity to push the pocket, collapse the pocket, and move quarterbacks out of the cylinder and allow pass rushers off the edge to get after QBs. Premium dollars paid on the defensive line and at corner, and this guy can disrupt things in the middle, in the interior, and requires the double team from a garden center. And that's when you pair that with the options that other teams have at edge rusher and the money they've invested, it makes a lot of sense for Seattle, who's desperate for it, and Detroit, with Hutchinson already there. Yeah, and that and that and seems that, like and one that, of their
0: types of guys oh, too.
2: Yeah, their coach. I mean, they're just yeah. thinking about everything and how it ties in. Like, I think that would be a great fit for him.
0: So, David uh, on the YouTube chat says, "Miss combine, lied to police, out of shape at pro day," but yeah, other than that. A really good prospect. The miss combine and the lie to police are one and the same. He missed yeah. the combine because he got charged the crime while he was at the combine. He left right. and came back, so I, I knocked that part out. The lie to police, and all that serious stuff, not going to excuse it. I also don't think it's um, the sign of some repetitive bit of behavior well, that you can't overcome. He initially changed, as a but player he changed his story. Yeah, so. The out-of-shape part. I'm with David on it. I'm, I'm I'm with you, Hutton. I think that that's my biggest question. You know, if you love ball that much and you want to be a successful NFL player so much, how do you fall out of shape so quickly that you can't finish drills at your combine? That That's the one I got questions about. Turn on the film, though, and watch this guy play in that position. I got zero questions about him. And for that reason, I think he's going to be a top-ten pick. Well, I mean, how many times in bios, and I'm not – I'm not
2: vouching for any backgrounds here, okay? How many times do they mention honor roll, honor roll and, and Boy Scouts in descriptions of players?
0: Only when it's a quarterback. And what did I mean, Deon, I've been on this for a while. I think, did, I think it's the only position where it honestly matters. And what did Dion say, say about defensive linemen? Yeah, he doesn't want him to have a, a dad present at home.
2: I mean, but that was like, oh, that, that fits. That fits the mentality. This guy wow. just—I mean, he plays— and he's great. I don't know how it's to the point where he's... Uh, the fall is not going to shock anyone if he falls past five. But what would it have to be, Chad, for, for it to be really surprising that teams are passing
0: up on Out him? Out of the top ten. Yeah. I, mean, that, I don't that's, see that that's, happening. That's my barrier. I, I'm, I'm going to be shocked if he's not a top ten pick. I, I think he will be. So I'll be very surprised if someone doesn't, <clears throat> doesn't get him in the top ten. Detroit. A likely landing spot. Someone in that top 10 is going to draft him. That's my guess.
2: John Morant is a game-time decision for the Grizzlies. And, Chad, something that you and I have discussed uh, both a bit on, on air, but mostly off air, let's dive into it, is are teams going to start advocating for the charge going away in the NBA based on the injuries that occur versus the reward of actually getting the foul to go the opposite direction. Is the NBA better served to just say, we're not calling charges anymore? We're, we're, we're doing well, away with it. If you try it.
0: to obstruct the path of someone by stopping in their way, it's just a block. Yeah. You know, at that point, and, and it's a foul. It's a defensive foul. Um, it would lead to some more exciting action when, if people try to actually block shots. You know, instead of take charges and challenge someone at the, the height of their shot or going, going to the basket. I, um, think,
2: I think more it would incline players to just get out of the way more often.
0: Yeah, it it would be less defense.
2: Posterized.
0: Yeah, it'll be less defense. It also could have an adverse effect on injuries, where you're going to have two guys in the height of the air attacking each other more often instead of one guy taking a charge. I haven't thought about that. And then that that's going to lead to you know wrist and elbow injuries as you brace your fall going back or concussions if you hit your head on the court. So there's a flip side of this that you could also have more injuries that way if you did this. Um, I don't want to see John ja Morant and, you know, Tyler Hero. And Tyler Hero's hand injury, though, wrist injury, was way different in that where Giannis he was diving was banged up. and reaching. Giannis was hurt on a charge also. I don't want to see these guys hurt, but I don't know that because you had these injuries now, it's enough reason to go ahead and say, we're going to ban the charge moving forward. Um I would only do it if you really think it's going to lead to a better product overall. And I don't know well, that I can say that for the reason you just said. Does it lead to people actually trying to block shots again? I don't know. If or actually, does it lead to people just stepping out of the way and letting guys dunk? I don't think it leads to more game. defense.
2: Yeah. You know? If, any, if anything, it's just... But, it, but I think it's also about just in the, in the court of play, not even necessarily at the rim. You know, can you slide in and take a charge if you're a guard at half court,
0: right? Like injuries are taking place there too. I think that's, to me, the most frustrating element. Of doing away with it? Of the charge. No, it, I would love to see that done away with. I hate well, when the guy, you know, there's a pass coming and the player get offensive player gets it and the defensive player says, oh, if I set up shop right here and I just stand still... And he catches it and turns and runs over me. Well, it's a charge. Yeah. I hate to see that happening far away from the basket. A charge is... A charge in the NBA is a makeup call. Yeah, the guy's driving the basket, though, and you get in position. I mean, we did these drills in junior high and high school where you get in their way and you take a charge. That's a charge to me. I, I don't want that necessarily to go away. Um, and the other thing you see is guy posting up, offensive player extends their arm, lowers their shoulder, and someone's going to... It's a flop, but it's also a foul that leads to the flop where you're exaggerating the offensive action made that's going to be a foul. I don't know that that needs to go away either. Maybe it's something like the pitch clock in baseball where let's experiment with it somehow, some way, and see what it looks like, and maybe it will be better for the sport. Well, you know what,
2: though? like I, I realize it takes the stars being injured for it to be a topic, which is why we're discussing it. It hasn't really taken away from... The solid play so far of the first round of the NBA
0: playoffs. No, and the the ratings have been good.
2: Now, does it take away from the Grizzlies' chances of winning the series? Sure. Um, same for the Bucks without Giannis. Like, it, it, and, and and he's been uh, clear. Like, it, there were no. And the same same for uh, John ja Morant. By the way.
0: By the way, I, I want to hear nothing out of Dylan Brooks or John ja Morant if they go on to get swept, which I think is about to happen in this series, and I understand John Morant got hurt in this game, and he's probably not going to play tonight if that happens. But if the Lakers, after all that trash was talked about, Dylan Brooks, oh, this is the best first-round series for us, is to get them and all that, they need to shut up. They've done nothing. I don't want to hear anything from them. I'm sure they won't, and they're not going to listen to my advice, but Dylan Brooks needs to shut up if if they can't win a game in this series, which I fully expect to happen, by the way. After this, the Lakers took game one.
2: And this is, a gr- this is a great example of why the playoffs and the pace sucks. They played that game Sunday, right? Game one?
0: Yeah, Sunday afternoon.
2: Here we are Wednesday, and it's game two.
0: Yeah, that's stupid. It's so dumb. The, doing those things for the window, the, the TV now, windows, it makes no sense to me how you can't just easily do it every other night. But what? And you stagger it when you start on Saturday with – Half the game's on Saturday, half on Sunday, and then you're rotating. Every other night, every other day, there's a game.
2: Well, and, and here's the other thing, though, how it factors in, in the positive. If he, in a, a game-time decision, I guess he could play. They may not play him, Ja, I'm saying. But think about the rest he would have between then and not playing in this game and then going into the weekend for game three. Like a, An older team like LeBron the rest that he's getting in the postseason in between games. That's a huge factor for some of these guys. For all the analytics and, you know, uh, management for how much they're putting wear and tear, I mean, this is a huge advantage for teams that are veteran heavy that need a couple days to rest up for the, the, the next game. And all the teams are getting it. But I think the veteran teams, like, are finally healthy. The Lakers are a good example. And, and it could benefit getting stars back into a series where normally we wouldn't see it if it's every other day.
0: When you have play a game on Sunday afternoon, then you're off Monday, Tuesday, game on Wednesday, and you're in Memphis, does LeBron James do anything in Memphis or just stay in the hotel room? I'm curious what the Lakers schedule That's is a like. Great question. Do they go out to dinner somewhere? I mean, you're not in a big party city. You're in Memphis. Right. Uh, what do LeBron and the Lakers do? Hun, we had this conversation about Adam Sandler and his crew when we watched his concert here in Nashville. Where are they going after the show? We, I've later found out, by the way, exactly where they were. Because I had a friend who was at dinner somewhere who he oh, had yeah. the server that served Adam Sandler and Kevin James after their show in Nashville. We would not have guessed that. But what, what, but. The, what do LeBron and the Lakers do in Memphis? I, I bet they are scarce. I bet they're not leaving a certain area of the hotel very much. Because, I mean, where can LeBron James go out anywhere Nowhere. And not be hounded by people and know, know who he is. I feel like they've got like cordoned off suites in whatever hotel they're staying in. They can just go hang out in there when they want to get out of their room. And outside of that, it's shoot around, you know, whatever else they're doing, and then you're staying in the room. That's my guess. Anyway, these are the things that make my brain tick. Or do they even stay there? Or do they just fly back? Car service. <laughs> Gets on a private jet. He's on a, he's going to to Atlanta. He gets on his PJ and he flies back to LA and he just hangs out there. Guys, I'm going to sleep my own bed the next couple of nights. I'll fly back private. Hey, tell me how the shootarounds go. The walkthrough for game two. I'm, I'm LeBron. I'm going to head back to LA for a couple days. We're going to head to Brownsville instead of uh, Memphis. See you guys. I'm going to go home to see some family up in Akron. I'll be back. <laughs> just when I get to this, this side of the country, I like to go up to Akron whenever I, mean, I get a chance. I'm going to go there.
2: Games. They know, can do it. Even notice. Yeah. yeah. Coming up, the wait is over for the Thursday Night Mowing League. The commissioner, our outkick and fearless commissioner of the Thursday Night Mowing League is Joe Kinsey. He joins us next on
3: Hot Mike. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie.
2: Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Spring is in the air. Spring oh, has sprung. Oh, spring
0: has sprung. At least here it has. We're, in our part of the country, Hutton, spring has sprung. Not everywhere.
2: Not Well, officially We're tomorrow. We're
0: seeing some some responses on Twitter that would indicate that spring has not sprung in every part of our fine country. Okay.
2: Well, it will tomorrow officially for the Thursday Night Owen League. We are officially underway. Opening day for the Thursday Night Owen League with... The Commissioner Joe Kinsey, who's back to preview yet another season. Commission, hope things are well.
1: Guys, thank you for finally having me on this (laughs) great show across the South where all my mower uh, league members are located. So many Chad, so many Jonathan. They're down there in Nashville. Georgia, by the way, guys, I don't know what's going on in Georgia with mowing, but the people, the great people of Georgia. I know you might hate them because you guys are Tennessee fans, but the fine people of Georgia—they love mowing, and I cannot wait to see what they have in store this season, guys. It is lining up to be a historic mowing season. I'll tell you why. Go ahead. Well, Joe, I um, so
0: I, I worked an internship in in the state of Georgia, outside of Atlanta, when I was in college, and part of my internship—the internship was two days a week. The other three days, I worked for my cousins landscaping company shout out to shades of green landscaping still alive and active in georgia and i'm here to tell you it is blood sport in and around atlanta when it comes to yard maintenance and keeping your yard looking fresh and making the striping perfect with mowing because i was paid to mow some of these rich yards and it was uh it's quite the ordeal
1: Guys, I don't know what it is, but, you know, the season comes early down there. I think the Masters has a lot to do with it. It's like, look at my green yard. Look at my perfect uh, yard. The trees are perfect. The flowers are perfect. But then it starts to make the march up north, guys. And it's Tennessee. Then it's all the people in Kentucky start to get fired up. And now Ohio is – that's where I'm at, guys. I'm in northern Ohio. They're fired up here. The sun is out. I mean, it, big growing season up here, by the way, guys. Uh, you know, you get up into northern Michigan. It's it's beautiful golf courses with beautiful um, green fairways. So I love the mowing season. We're fired up. Uh, big opening day tomorrow, by the way, 420. It's official wherever you're at. It doesn't matter what time you mow, guys. You just get the mow in, and uh, and that's your opening day. Then after that, you have to send in your report or else we're not going to count you as attending opening day. you got to show up. you got to perform. You have to tag your sponsors. You guys know the rule. The, The rookies out there, they have a thing or two to learn. Well, let's start, Joe, Joe Kinsey,
2: the commissioner of the Thursday Night Mowing League on Outkick. Start by just the premise of why we
1: mow on Thursdays. Guys, we mow on Thursday for the very simple fact that we want to go into the weekend focused. We don't want yard work. We want our weekends wide open. It's very simple, guys. Do you want to be mowing on Saturday or do you want to be crushing margaritas, sitting on your patio? Going to the pool, or do you just want to be, uh, you know, s- you know, sweating all day long, mowing your yard like a like a dirt bag? No, you don't want to live the dirtbag life on Saturday. You want to live the Hutton. Look at that hair, by the way. You <laughs> want to live that lifestyle on a Saturday. You don't want to live the scumbag sweaty lifestyle, you this lifestyle. Saturday afternoon.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it, there is something just mentally freeing, Joe. <laughs> about even, you know, you get it done on Thursday especially, but then you get home on Friday, you pour yourself an old-fashioned, that would be my drink yeah. of choice, and you just look out your back window and you, you see the stripes. Once you got the cookouts and, and, and things. And it's you like, say to yourself, yeah, or you're, you know, I, I like to grill on Friday yeah. or Saturday, and I, you're grilling and you're looking at the yard and you're thinking, there's just something about, I don't have to do that on Saturday or Sunday that is remarkable. It really does make for a better weekend, so I want to applaud you and thank you yeah, for a, starting a, this movement, idea. Joe, because thank it's you. it's one that's really grown. Yeah. And,
2: uh, let's run through the rules, though, Joe. Like uh, yeah, go I, ahead. the concept of everything that you've put together. Um, and first and foremost, you have to hashtag this, and he will see and respond to many of them. I know you're inundated with the stripes, yeah. and you know you've got the gear, and everyone's well represented. Uh, as you take a swig of the Thursday Night Morning League Cup, which is awesome. Point being, uh, you, you have a column on this where you feature the best, correct?
1: It's the best of the best. Uh, w- you know what? And it, it, it doesn't matter. You don't have to be some big timer. It's about effort in the TNML. At TNML, it's hard to say, but the Thursday Night Morning League is about effort. Do you bring it on a weekly basis? This isn't about, you know, I've got the m- most expensive equipment. This isn't about how you have been a landscaping, you know, you, you work at golf courses and you're an expert. This is about effort, guys. This is outkick. This is about America, the middle, the, heart belt, the the heartbeat of America, right in the middle of America. This is about putting in the effort on a weekly basis to be ready for the weekend, guys. That is where we stand with this league.
0: I don't want to discourage uh, you know, the, the people that pay for someone to mow their lawn or do their landscaping. I know plenty of good people that do that. They're busy. They have other things going on or whatever. It, Clay it Travis. Be. Clay Travis is one of them. We can get into that yep. too. But there are other things about Clay that I'll, I'll bring it up with him later that I don't necessarily love in regards to that. But there is something, Joe, about when you hear from someone that they do all their own landscaping that it tells me something about them. And I feel like being a member of this league can tell us a lot about the person that has this membership, right?
1: It really does. You know, we have a we have a column where we do we have something called "Do Hard Things," and it's America showing what they're made of. This country has this whole you know problem right now with laziness and just you know, nobody wants to, they want to Entitlement. sit and play video
0: Entitlement, right? Entitlement, that's, that's a
1: big problem. Call it what you want. It's disgusting, but Americans are still out there. They're still giving effort and it's time to show that. That's why we do it. Look at Dale behind me. Dale gave effort. That is what it's all about is the effort. Get out there, get a, get a good sweat in and, and be proud of your property, guys. That's what it's about. Being proud. Too many people out there are are just like, screw it. I'm not going to touch it. I don't care. We're not about that lifestyle. Thursday Night Mowing League is where you want to be if you care about your property and your community.
0: So screen caps, terrific daily column at OutKick. I, I'm, I'm a daily reader. I, I, I peruse the content every single Thank day. You. I must ask, Joe, how much of what you're capturing on the web did you come across on your own? In Surfing the Web, how much is sent to you from readers of the column? Can you give us a percentage breakdown of what we're working
1: uh, with? I'm going to say 70-30, my brain versus the reader's brain. Uh, typically, the reader's brain isn't as sharp as mine. Let me, th- And I, I don't mean that to be uh, you know ripping on the readers. Uh, you're an elitist. I've, we get it. It's okay. <laughs> I've seen it a few times. I've seen things. I've seen what works. You know what I'm saying yeah, here. 70-30. Yeah. Uh, but listen, some of the greatest things these people send in, they don't want to be recognized. You know, they're they're nervous. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll send me text messages. I, by the way, I don't know how they're getting my phone number, but all of a sudden people across the country are starting to text me in the middle of the night. It's a little annoying. Uh, but listen, I, you have to have fans out there seeding content. You know this, guys. You have to have eyes and ears out there in the community Looking out for you and looking out for the content. So 70 30, but I love that 30% people. So when you're perusing
0: some of the hottest women on the planet that you'll feature in screen caps and looking through Instagram to do that, and, and the missus walks in and says, You know, what are you doing here, Joe? You just have to say research, right? Research for the column.
1: It's all clinical, Chad. <laughs> My wife understands this. She understands. This is like a doctor. I used to have a buddy who went to work for Playboy. And his girlfriend, now his wife, she said it's all clinical. That's the way I look at this stuff. That's all a, great, clinical. a great way to approach
0: it. You, you are yes. like a surgeon when it, when it comes to this content.
1: Very clinical.
0: What's your
2: favorite piece of uh, merch or gear other than the hat that you're wearing right now? Which shirt is your favorite?
1: Well, right now we have the new come and take it. Uh, it's um, it's a mower with come and take it on it. Just like the Texas come and take, you know, take your guns. Uh, love the come and take it right now, Jonathan, because so many county governments, so many city governments around the country are now trying to take our gas power mowers. <laughs> I don't I know what it. you guys have it. in your arsenal, but there are government agencies out there. They want to ban gas power mowers. And I have said enough is enough, guys. Enough trying to – it's a mower. Leave me alone. I'm not – am I killing the planet? There's a lot of other people that are killing it way faster than I am by cutting my grass. Leave me alone. So come and get it or come and take it is the new T-shirt. Love it. It's the hottest shirt of the summer. Favorite favorite member
2: photo over the last couple of years that's been sent your way? You get a
0: lot of great stuff from Idaho. I
1: feel like it's not always just
2: yards, or maybe but Idaho's a, a big state. Most for you. creative, maybe.
1: Well, I'll tell you one that stands out and it used to be the banner on uh, Thursday night mowing league was of a father who was mowing his lawn with a backpack and in the backpack was his child sleeping <laughs> on his back as he's mowing the grass. And that was sent in from Idaho. Uh, I don't, again, I don't know why, but Idaho has been huge with the content I love that photo. I need to actually dig that up and republish it because it's such a good photo. But, you know, we've had guys make videos, we've had drones, we've had guys uh, come up with all sorts of stuff that. It just shows I have a guy in Ohio who has a gun mounted on his his zero turn mower and he always poses it with the sunset. It's a beautiful (laughs) sight. It just sets the mood on a Thursday night. You know, you're having one drink. You're just sitting there and you see a photo like that come in and you're like, this is why I do it, guys. This is why I do it for six months out of the year. Uh, It makes my it makes my summer.
0: And one thing really cool about the column is, I mean, it, it, it's not just Thursday night mowing league. It, it can be uh, how-tos on stacking wood, you know, for, yeah. the, for the winter. Like It, it just – it's amazing the offshoots of it and the rabbit holes you can go down with people emailing you advice and information. There's been stuff on coaching youth sports. There's been so many different things, Joe, that I'm sure you probably have your favorite offshoot conversation that's taken place, but – I specifically remember learning a lot about stacking
1: wood over the course of two or three columns. Uh, stacking wood was a huge uh, storyline last year. We've had people around the world now send in photos of how they stack wood in different parts of the world. It's one of those things where you would never, you would never think uh, that anybody would care. But the Outkick audience, as I know them, do care about things like that. And now I know how they stack wood in Italy. By the way, so it's uh, it's a beautiful thing. These people they 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 have ta- they have embraced the mowing league. They have embraced screen caps. And uh, I can't say enough about how much fun I've had. That's the one thing, a ton of fun with with this job. Yeah, It's been a
2: blast. And and by the way, the reminder number one is to tag your sponsors. I see a future where Joe Kinsey has like the Thursday night mowing league spark plugs, for instance, or a gas can. That's next.
1: Guys, I'm watching Fox Weather right now. Uh, shout out, uh, Fox Weather team. Uh, hopefully, we have a segment on Fox Weather this year. The goal is is to have a national mower of the year who is recognized on Fox Weather. Maybe Fox Saturday morning. Uh, maybe there's a Fox executive watching this right now. I need to push this more, but uh, I want these people to be recognized for their work. I think America cares about this. I think it plays very well with people across this country who embrace this kind of lifestyle of just giving effort. That's all we're asking for here. So uh, the
2: YouTube wormhole, as I call it, um, there is uh, a guy who like goes in and will do like a custom like hole or a green in your backyard for you. I'm fascinated by how they do that. There's another mowing company that will like randomly select a yard that looks awful and just go knock on the door and ask to mow the yard for free. And I'm always curious about what they find as they mow the property, and then the people that are expecting to have to pay something; they don't have to pay anything. Uh, and then there's another company that just has a vlog and they follow each other around, and, and like their rivals will piss each other, you know, piss them off, and you know, try to steal yards.
0: These are all companies, Joe, that should be featured exactly. in your 30-minute weekly, whether it be uh, streamed on Fox Nation or on some Fox property. I'm, I'm watching. Think- I'm hitting record all on this show. Or I'm streaming it weekly. If we have a 30 minute roundup and preview of the mowing weekend. but they
2: need the bumper sticker on the on their stuff, is what I'm saying.
0: Like,
1: yeah, you
2: know, in order to, yeah. Make, look it, look to make the guys cut. Have
1: to send me all this. You have to send me all this <laughs> stuff. Uh, I, you got to be my 30 percenters.
0: So I uh, tomorrow in honor of Opening Day, Joe, I will wear the the Thursday night mowing league shirt uh, on this show uh, to honor Opening Day. I am coaching yeah. my seven year old daughter's softball game immediately after the show tomorrow so i don't know that i'm going to make it in time to mow but i will be there for week two so i'm hoping that i can sustain this the grass doesn't grow too much and i'll be good to go for next thursday night but i will be honoring with a t-shirt tomorrow
2: just uh and free, free to join and just the, remember this we mow on thursdays opening day tomorrow and check out outkick and joe for more information uh, at the site uh, just
0: don't be a loser that's really the only prereq yeah. for joining this This you league. Just, if, if you're a winner mm-hmm. you know it's not just always about always winning it's about a winning mindset and trying to do things if you're that then you can join this league like we're in what's in the
1: cup uh you know what uh, just water you know i don't do these appearances very often i don't want to be too parched you know because i can start rattling on and i want to be careful uh, uh, join us, listen.
0: join us drunk next time, please. That's our yeah. our one. Or more in Nashville, got to
1: get hydrated. I got
2: to get hydrated yes. for
1: tomorrow. It's going to be a long day.
2: Come, come, join us in Nashville anytime. Uh, Mow on Thursday, Thank you guys. fly in on Friday. It's that simple. Thank you, guys. There's Joe Kinsey, the commish. the commish, senior director of content, but the commish Let's of get the this Thursday thing Night Mowing
0: League. Can't wait opening day. Tomorrow. What a great idea too. It's awesome, and I I, I am dead serious when i say the column is daily perusing for me great scrolling i i i'm not going to say i read every word of it because it is quite extensive there are days where i'll read every word of it it is long and it is packed full of funny uh off the wall like i said i learned so much about stacking wood did not even think about different ways to do so Until reading this column, the stories from Thursday Night Mowing League, now that I'll get rolling starting tomorrow and Friday, really well done by Joe Kinsey. Stacking Wood, my dad's very specific on
2: how we had to do that. Um, You worked for a landscape company. What was the name of it? Shades of Green. Mine was Cutting Edge Lawn Care. I like that. Uh, And then I went to the golf course. Both
0: sounds like movies from the 90s, by the way yeah cutting edge which is a movie i yeah. think the cutting That's edge is about figure skating probably rip from another and then shades of green sounds like it's some you know drama from 1994 or uh,
2: you know a, a concept or a theme for 420 which is also yes which is also opening double meaning day. yeah opening day but yeah the uh the Thursday Night Mowing League, we're behind it. Hope you'll be as well. You can check more out at OutKick from Joe Kinsey there. Coming, uh, oh, go ahead, David. Oh, I was just going to say Did you also work for a landscaping uh,
3: company? I did not, but I managed to get out of doing the yard work because my dad went out of town when I was nine and I managed to wreck the lawnmower, so I never had to do it after that. So,
2: as soon as I went to college, my dad got the zero turn mower oh. for a big, pro- like a, a farm property that we were having to mow. Uh, basically put me to work to make sure I wouldn't do anything while they were at work during the summer back whenever you just left your kids at
0: home. See, we had, (laughs) I I love that story about your dad, by the way. We had a riding mower the whole time and and quite a bit of land. We did too, but it was, yes. So my dad, I think really enjoyed doing it. So I never had to do it. I had to do some work around the yard, but never the mowing. My dad just liked to space out and go and ride the mower. And and do that, so he never had me it's do it. It's tough to
2: bother someone when they're on the mower, right? Yeah, just like the bathroom.
0: And now I'm all push mower, you know, the, the whole time. But same. my job in the landscape company Hutton was may have been the same with you, but worked for my cousin David, who still owns the company now. He did all the zero turn stuff.
2: Yeah, I was. on so the So he walk was behind on the zero the turn. The so
0: I was push weed eat edge. Yep. So the push mowing was the best part of it. I hate weed eating to this day. I hate weed eating. And the weed eating and the edging was easy, so I would the orders would be simple. We'd get to the job, and I'd know it was either push, weed eat, edge, blow, or usually just weed eat and blow. Because if it was that much, he could edge when he got done with a zero turn, and I would weed eat and then do the blowing. And
2: they're making a killing now on these from these landscape companies. And a lot of the landscapers, you and I know one. During the winter, they hang Christmas lights, yeah, on ho- on homes, and they make a they crush it there too. It's amazing what people don't want to well, do. Well,
0: they'll get into like hardscapes, you know, during the winter. Yeah, where they can put different things together for patios. There's it's it's nonstop. There's, and if you're making that much money in that season, you just go and bid on other jobs throughout the winter, and try to get more business or still jobs. But do it yourself. If if you're physically able, do it yourself. It's not Um, bad.
2: Coming up, so there's 31 picks this year in the first round because Miami doesn't have theirs for tampering with Tom. But, Chad, how many first-round players are there legitimately of the 31? We asked that question yesterday to Dane Brugler. We'll listen to his answer and then discuss that line of, well, if there's only a certain amount, at what point do you try to trade in and make sure you get one of those elite talents?
0: That's next on Hot Mike.
2: Hot Mike rolls on across the Outkick Network. This great radio partner and live at OutKick.com and on YouTube. Hope you'll subscribe to the YouTube channel when you search out OutKick and you're watching any of the shows daily. Chad, Dane Brugler, great guest. that joined us yesterday, author of The Beast, called The Beast for a reason, the draft guide at The Athletic, and he is the sole author. And he goes through every prospect, so many players that won't even be drafted are included in his write-ups. And this year just feels like there is not as many first-round type hype once you get past around pick 15, which made me think, how many first-round grades are there really across the league? We asked Dane that question. Usually in most years, you have 18 to 20 first-round grades. This year, it's a little less. Uh, you know, I think we're looking at more uh, 12 to 16 for most teams. I think that's a fair uh, general assessment. Uh, at least that's how a lot of teams look at it. Um, and so it's one of those years where, you know, if you have the 20th pick uh, or you have the 50th pick, I think you're getting a, a similarly graded player in that span. And so to have a pick in the top 15, especially a, a certain key position, so we're going to see corners go early. We're going to see tackles go early, plenty of pass rushers, plenty of quarterbacks. So you look at the premium positions in today's NFL, that's, what's going to really make up the top half of round one this year. I was talking to a former uh, coach who is heavy into the draft preparation. And he was saying of the top 100, he would guess there are about 15 to 17 edge rushers. There are roughly 12 to 16 tackles and the same amount of corners. Those are the premium positions for the first three rounds. And there are other spots that are just not that deep. But you still want the upper echelon of both of those, or all three of those positions, and then quarterback always gets overdrafted, right? But I get the sense that the fight for picks between like seventeen or eighteen and forty-four, just in the uh, number in the forties, you're virtually getting the it's same not that type big of, of player. A yeah. And I, I don't. Seventeen players are going to attend the draft live, and I think that's an indication, not just. I think, I think Kansas City could play a factor in it, but at the same time, they were probably saying the same thing about Nashville in 2019, and it was a blast. They're going to have 300,000 people in KC over the course of the weekend. They're going to have a great party there, and it's their draft. I don't know why you wouldn't attend if you know you're going first round, but I think that's the point. I don't think a lot of the players after pick 17 or 18 really know if they're going first round, Or if they're going to be like within the top 10 picks of round two on Friday. And that's why we're not seeing the same amount of players attend the draft as we would have in recent years.
0: Yeah, I I think it's twofold. I think Kansas City does play a part a little bit in that that's not the top city these guys would want to go to. Well, the league flies
2: you in and takes care of you.
0: Yeah, but if you're going to be flown in and taken care of, still not the top city that these guys would want to go to to be flown in and taken care of. Yeah, but I mean, I also think that it's also more appealing to these guys to be around people they've been around their whole life. Well, that's. If the league's going to cap the amount of people that can be around you, and you say, I'd rather have a huge barbecue and have my high school football teammates and my coach and all these other people come over for a party and celebrate this with everyone else, I certainly understand the appeal of that. Instead of the league saying, you get uh, plus four, and you don't want. You get four guests with you at your table,
2: and you don't want the camera on if you fall.
0: Right. I mean, that's – I don't know that as many of them go into it with the fear of I'm going to fall out of the first round, I don't want that moment to happen on TV, as much as just the choice to say I'd rather stay home or go somewhere in my hometown and experience this with the people that matter most to me, and I don't want to be told by the league that I can only bring four people with me and that I'll be there to do that. I mean, I get the appeal also of being there on TV, walking the red carpet, They're going to introduce you before the draft. You walk out there as a prospect. You get to sit down. You're in your nice suit. You're on national TV, a big televised event. You're, you know, wined and dine, and you're flown out to the city of the draft. I get all that too, but I'm also not going to knock a guy who says, I want to be around more people that I know and trust and love. And I'm going to do that at home. So something I didn't know, and
2: maybe I'm the last one to figure it out. Did you know agents now, because the the picks are slotted on what you're going to make, agents now aren't even charging. They're not even getting a percentage of that contract. They're agreeing to represent you so they get contract number two. Wow.
0: Well, and I was surprised they get by that. Contract number two, along with any other income with endorsements or anything else. going Sure, on. but like
2: they, they they pay a ton in your draft prep. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're sending you out to train somewhere and it's not always the case, but for the upper like the the, the elite talent, because you know what picks one through thirty you just know what they're making. And it's not hard to negotiate that deal. They're not getting like a three percent cut of that contract because there's not much to negotiate other than offset language. I'm not talking about the the the, the first four years and endorsements and all that. Separate and apart from all that, just the strict contract. I was surprised. And that's what a lot of these agents are doing now because they they're they're saying, "Hey, we'll do this because it's going to be easy," but we want to prove to you that we're going to earn the contract number two, and build up the whole profile.
0: It, it makes sense. I think the super agents are more likely to be able to do that, and they, yeah, maybe oh, some yeah. other ones. You know, right, let's get a guy in the third or fourth round. <laughs> we get a, a chunk of that that we negotiate and do other things. But they're going to get the whatever side endorsements they get as well and help them with that. But no, that's, that's interesting.
2: I figured that 3% would be automatic, which is, you know, because Jeffrey Simmons didn't have an agent when he first was drafted. Didn't need one until he got his second contract. Lamar Jackson could use that. Lamar Jackson could use
0: a agent, (laughs) an agent, not an agent (laughs) at all. Anyone, anyone with Uh, a a license? license
2: to do it. A licensed representative through the yeah, NFLPA. Maybe PA.
0: maybe try that. Yeah. Uh, Trey Lance,
2: he's got an agent. Is he going to be playing for the 49ers? We'll tell you about the report out of San Francisco. That's next on Hot